This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. So we are in the midst of a series, actually we're at the end of the series, of teachings that we've done concentrating on premarital counseling, specifically are you prepared for the marriage state is the question that we've been dealing with throughout the organized teachings. And I say we come to the end because we open it up to questions. Uh, that opening has now been closed, but we do have the questions, and we are uh, beginning this week to go over and address the questions as they were submitted to us. And so that's why we have this format. Hopefully this format is beneficial and is a format that, uh, in which you can receive and hear. And I do and myself enjoy these formats, so hopefully you are blessed by these. So first of all, um, since we are talking about marital counseling before you actually get married, we want to remember and refresh you on the definition of marriage before we get into the question. Remember the definition, a working definition for marriage is that marriage is a divine institution created by God whereby two rational, free moral agents who are born again choose to enter into a covenant relationship with another imperfect person for a lifetime. That's marriage in a nutshell. That's our working definition. Now, the question we're going to deal with this morning, I want to read to you and then we'll get right into addressing it. And I do want to make sure that you understand that uh, as it pertains to the questions, everybody's at different places. Um, You may be at one stage, somebody might be at another stage. You may have heard some more things than other people have heard. And so we don't look down on any of these questions. Uh, These questions, if they're important to you, they're important to us. And so we want to make sure that you have God's perspective on whatever it is that you have going on in your mind. So the question today we're dealing with is, as an unmarried person, what are some actions I could and should take now if I desire to be married, to be able to be the person I need to be in order to have a successful, godly marriage? Okay, so the outlook is good. I'll say that, right? The, you want the end to be a successful godly marriage. But the question is, uh, what should I do now? Is there anything I should do now uh, in order to be that person to be able to have that kind of marriage? Uh, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. We'll start with this scripture in addressing that question. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, we'll read from verse 32 through the verse... Uh, 35. Verse 32 says, But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. There's difference also between a wife and a virgin, in this case an unmarried woman, The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy, both in body and in spirit. But she that is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction. Now, you hear Paul here in this passage of Scripture. Uh, You hear the Holy Spirit address uh, the married versus the unmarried, and he uses this word careth. That word careth means uh, to be occupied with. 
Uh, that means your time, your mind, your effort, you're occupied with. So the occupations are slightly different between the married and the unmarried. Slightly, not hugely. Slightly different. All this means when you read this is that as an unmarried individual in your current state, in your current state, you presently are not weighed down by competing um, care. You understand what I mean by that? You don't have uh, a competing care for a spouse. And God is pro-marriage. God is not anti-marriage, but He understands that once you are married, there's another care that enters in. So as an unmarried individual, now you don't have that competing care, which means God should be able to get your undivided attention as an unmarried individual. Okay. So all this means is that, well, turn to Philippians. This means you, you can give yourself fully to whatever God is saying. Right? So Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, says, Wherefore, my beloved... As you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now you can attend to that without distraction as an unmarried individual. Okay, so what should I do? Well, you should give God your undivided attention. So you should work out your own salvation. Philippians chapter 3, verse number... Starting at verse 12. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect... But I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. I press toward the mark of the prize for, of, uh, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There's an unmarried individual, and he can give himself totally to pressing. Right? And we can go on and on. We can talk about uh, Galatians where it says walk in the Spirit. As an unmarried individual, you can give yourself totally to walking in the Spirit. Uh, we can talk in uh, 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 Colossians when it says that as we have received Christ Jesus, walk in Him. Now, as an unmarried individual, you can give yourself totally and undivided to that. As an unmarried individual, you can give yourself totally to mortifying the deeds of the flesh, fornication, inordinate affection, so on and so forth. As an unmarried individual, you can give yourself totally to loving God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And I can go to any scripture. You understand what I'm saying about this? What I'm saying is that concentrate on pleasing God. Attend to pleasing God with all that you are. Being holy in body and in spirit. Okay? But with this, I do want to make give you one charge. One particular charge. Turn to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. And it's all important. Don't get me wrong. It's all important. But in my mind addressing this question, this, this one, I want to make sure that you do catch. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. My advice to you is to guard your heart. Keep means to guard or to preserve. My advice to you is to Guard your heart. Keep your heart. Preserve your heart. And I want to make sure you understand where I'm coming from. A desire to be married, desire to one day be married, that's not wrong at all. Okay? It's not wrong. It's not evil. Um, but the thing is, you cannot let that dominate your life. You cannot let that dictate your 
life. When I say keep your heart, I'm not saying, or guard your heart, I'm not saying you can't go out on the dating scene. Please understand what I mean by that. I'm not saying that, you know, if someone tries to talk to you, you've got to clam up. No, I can't. I'm guarding my heart. I can't say anything. You know, are you, are you shut down when someone wants to actually get to know you or you don't? You can't get to, that's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not messing with any of that. What I'm saying is that you cannot forget, you cannot forsake your primary duty is to attend unto the Lord without distraction. The desire to one day be married can become a distraction. And you don't want that to be the case. Because when your love for God is competing with your desire to be married, you are in position to and are subject to and will be strongly tempted to do the things you don't want to do in order to have a godly and successful marriage. So don't let that dominate. Don't let that di- dictate in your life. What you, uh, what you need to do is settle it in your heart that you're complete in Him. So that if you never get married, you're not incomplete. All right. Make sure you understand that. It's, it's the desire to be married... Uh, if I can say it this way, you don't want to be married for marriage's sake. And if you don't want to be married for marriage's sake, you want to have a relationship like Ruth and Boaz had, where God can orchestrate it. Because you're in position, you're complete in Him, and He can bring someone that's worthy of you, and He can make you worthy of somebody else. Okay. But if that never happens, just know that they missed out on a good thing. But you just be complete in him and, and all this and, and, and you know this is going to be a a recurring theme I believe throughout the whole discussion this morning is that just listen to the teachings listen to the teachings and I don't know the age of this person or this individual but if you're in, in your parents house you know make sure that you're taking your parents counsel just make sure you're taking your parents counsel they're there for a reason they're there for a purpose and make sure that if you have been disdaining their counsel you pull them in to your counselors and you take them seriously alright so with all that said what I want to make sure is that you understand is that right now as an unmarried individual you can give yourself totally and undivided to God so if there's anything you need to do attend to God with your full attention give him your full attention let him have all of you amen amen That's, that was wonderful um one thing that I wanted to uh, address in this is in that question it was stated the person if I desire to be married what type of person or what do I do now to be the person that I'm supposed to be in marriage and so what I wanted to bring out and what I thought about was that there is no difference in the person. There, you're not a different person when you're unmarried than you are when you're married. You're the same person. And so in, in thinking about the person, you should concentrate your efforts on being the believer that God wants you to be. When you're the believer that God wants you to be, it doesn't matter. It it, it crosses over between it's, it's, that's just your life that's just your life and so the foundation of every teaching the foundation of every teaching that we've had 
and premarital counseling, the underlying. So you might have heard one thing, and we were directing uh, the teachings on pre-marriage, but the foundation that was laid in all of that premarital counseling, it pointed to the fact that anything godly first starts with you and your relationship and your fellowship and your submission to authority. It's all about your, your relationship with God, your submission to his authority. So we want to, I want to encourage you to change your focus. Change your focus. It's not about preparing to be married. It's preparing myself. And not just for marriage. I'm preparing myself for the Lord. And when we prepare ourselves for the Lord, it doesn't matter what state we find ourselves in. In an unmarried state, in a married state, in a dating state, in a divorce state, in a widow state, whatever state you find yourself in, the person that you are is the person that you should desire to be for God. That should be the focus. I've heard too many, so many times, so many times, you know, well, particularly with women, um, they're looking to get married, they're looking to get married, they're looking to get married. And then even and my sister, my youngest sister, she has this same testimony. She was so caught up with that because her friends around her were getting married. Her friends, When she decided that she was just going to focus on her and what God was doing in her life, that's when the person that she's married to now that's when he came along. But just like Ruth, right? Just like, just like that, concentrating on the work that God has for you. I remember in, in submission, all about our purpose is about what God is doing. What God, and I remember um, uh, Minister Everhart mentioned it uh, last Sunday. Purpose. What is it about the purpose? Your, what is God saying to you about what you're supposed to be doing? For Him. Not to prepare for marriage. For Him. And when we concentrate on that, other things will fall in place. In Matthew, and I heard Minister uh, Martin talked about, mentioned this scripture, Matthew chapter 22. And I like this because this is, this is uh, we're not going to read all of this, but this is when uh, the Pharisees, so uh, the Sadducees were talking to Jesus about different things, about marriage, about somebody dying and the brother picking it up, you know, the wife up and all of that. And so then when the Pharisees heard what God told the Sadducees, then they came to him, one of the, the lawyer came to him. And in verse 28, Therefore, 22 and 28, Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they, shall, they all had her. Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry, nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have ye not heard that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the multitude heard this, 
They were astonished at his doctrine. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Now what does that mean? I heard Minister Martin just mention. It's not that he's not concerned about those other things in your life, but first and foremost, the greatest command is to love the Lord your God. He, look, he even put, he says, look, you're worrying about the wrong thing. You're worrying about who's being married. You're worrying about who's going to be married. Well, no. You err in that. Love the Lord your God. He said that's the first and the great. The first and the great. All those other things, yes, you can have them. Yes, they'll come. They'll go. But the first and the great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all. The last point I wanted to bring out is our focus. Like I said, focus on your submission to God and his delegated authority. Focus on that. Submission to God's word, to his instruction, to his correction. No matter the vessel it is delivered through. No matter the vessel it is delivered through. You need to concentrate on that. Because remember that submission to authority, it positions you. And it puts you in a perfect alignment for God's protection, for his peace, for his provision, for understanding, for wisdom. You need all of that. Again, and no matter what stage you're in in life, you need all of that. So when we concentrate on our submission to the authority of God, and his instruction and his leading about where we are right now, then you set yourself up for greater things in the future. And he's going to give you the wisdom that you need and the understanding that you need. But it's first all about submitting to him. So that should be your focus, is submission to him. Amen. Amen. And again, I really do enjoy this, this question because, um, again, you can see the, the heart of someone that really desires to be married. And, and some sincerity here, right, of act, act, you know, asking the question of, you know, what action should I take now? You know, and I, and I think that's important um, to acknowledge where you're at, first of all. You need to know where you're at. And, and where, I mean, where you're at, where you're at with the Lord. I mean, that's the thing that we continually say over and over again, right? In other words, your focus should be on being a strong believer in the Lord. First and foremost, that's my focus. Again, regardless of what state I'm in, whether I'm married, unmarried, whatever state I'm in, no matter what age I am, um, you gotta, my focus is to be a strong believer in the Lord. And I'm going to go back to when Minister Martin went to the scripture in First Corinthians chapter 7. Uh, let's go back and, and just wanted to branch off of this real quick. First Corinthians chapter 7, starting in verse 32. It says, But I would have you without carefulness, that he that is unmarried care for the things that belong, belong to the Lord, how that he may please the Lord. But he that is married care for the things are of the world, how he may please his wife. Again, there is a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman care for, for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she that is married care for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And I, and I like how, how Paul deals with both the, 
the male factor in and the female factor with this, right? The unmarried, female and unmarried male, right? And it talks about, again, in 32, and talks about the unmarried male. In 33, I mean, 34, talks about the unmarried female, right? And it's very consistent. Your care should be the cares of the, of the Lord, right? And so in this question, it asks, you know, what are some of the actions, right? Actions I should be doing. And so to me, when I read this question, I'm like, okay, let's, let's get in some of the practical actions that you can do and your care for the Lord because you're in an unmarried state. You know, never get this twisted, right? Being unmarried is not married. What I mean by that, I don't care if you're dating someone. I don't care if you, you think you're courting someone. Guess what? That is still not married. You are unmarried, right? So your cares, even in your dating courting stage, your care does not change. Your care is for the Lord. Right? So don't stop treating your, your prospective you know, person you're dating as, you know, as your married spouse. They're not. So your cares are not for them. Did y'all hear me on married folks? Your care is not for them. You're unmarried. Your care is for the Lord. And so I think that is so important. It's amazing how we, we shift gears all of a sudden. We start dating in court and all of a sudden our care is just for them and not for the Lord anymore. But anyway, I, just stay with these things. All right? And so when I look at this question again about practical things I need to do, what actions I need, you know, what put on my heart was three things, right? The first thing is get organized. We've been taught in this ministry so many times, organization simplifies your life, right? You need to get organized, right? So that means regardless if you're dating or courting, organize your life. And organization brings focus. Some of you are all over the place. You know, some of you, whatever state you're in, you, you're still trying, trying to decide what you're going to, what are you going to be when you grow up, right? You, organize your life. And again, we talk about the cares of the Lord. That means you need to seek God and hear His counsel about your life. Outside of getting married, in other words, I'm not complete when I get married. People say I just need to get married. That makes me complete. No, you're already complete in the Lord. And you heard these ministers say that, right? You, you are whole in Christ. So complete, you're already complete in Him. I identify with Him. So anyway, organize your life. Simplify your life. Bring simplicity to it. Right? And, and again, many people, their life, are unmarried life, they're very complicated. Right? In other words, you've got a lot of things going on. And think about your finances. Bring some simplicity to your finances. Bring some structure and organization to your finances. You know how you bring structure and organization to your finances? Stop spending so much. Again, things you've learned in this ministry, right? Learn to be disciplined when it comes to your finances. Put money away. And again, let the Lord lead you. This is called stewardship, right? That's what I mean. So being consistent, being, I'm sorry, be, uh, being organized, that simplifies your life, right? And then write things down. Yeah, I know we, you know, I'm old school. You know, I know that. I know everybody got their devices. But it's not like taking a pen and writing it down, right? And seeing what you wrote down. And then looking it over. Then follow through with it. Right? You know, that's important. Write these things down. Journal. Right? Because that will help you to keep things simple. You forget about, you know, we talk about purpose. You forget about organization. Like, we go back to what was written down. Go back to what was said. And what was said by the Lord. And here's the thing. When God speaks to you, write it down. You know, I, I know that you think you remember everything God says. Write it down. Because, you know, when God says things to you, He speaks very specific. And God's not going to change. So anyway, this is what I'm talking about, the actions you can do now, right? That's what I mean. If you focus on God, you're like, okay, God, I hear you. Write it down. And then organize your life. 
That's number one. Second, don't be lazy. I mean, these are practical things, right? Stop laziness. Stop procrastinating. Procrastination means you're putting off things. Right? And pro- procrastination breeds laziness. In other words, I, people, I, I've talked to so many young people, I, they talk a good game. That's why I say I talk to them, right? They talk about all the things they're going to do. But what are they doing? Again, this is what I mean about you. And you wonder, what does it got to do with me preparing myself for being married? You, you want to bring your, uh, your lazy tail into a marriage, right? Marriage is not for the lazy. Right? And, you know, that'll you figure out on the other side. It's not for the lazy. Stop being lazy. Put your hands to the work. Don't procrastinate. You know what it means by don't procrastinate? Finish a task. Again, that goes back to number one. When you organize your life, you have focus, now I can finish a task. Bring it to pass. Finish. Right? So that means I'll just say this. If you're in school, graduate. Right? If you're in college, graduate. Right? You know, that's simple things. It's amazing how we, all of a sudden, we start dating and, we, and our minds are focused on marriage. And then all of a sudden, we, hey, I'll, I'll graduate later. No, finish the task. Graduate. Right? You know, in other words, finish the things that they're already right in front of you. That's the focus. And you can't be lazy. Right? Put away procrastination. Right? Look at your fruit. This is a self-examination for yourself. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, and we've been hearing these things. God will show you you. He will show you areas that, <clears throat> that you are lazy in. Right? And that, and that needs to, that should be your attention. See, we're focused on, I've got to get a mate. I've got to find a guy, a girl. They find all this. But God's like, no, you're lazy. Right? Look, at, look how you conduct your business. Look how you pay your bills. Look how you don't even have bills. Look how you stand in your parents' house. What are you doing? See, God will address you where you are at now. So that's number two, right? So again, organize your life, number one. Number two, practical things. Don't be lazy. Stop procrastinating. And then number three, to me, this is the biggest thing. Be consistent. What do I mean by be consistent? Be consistent and timely in hearing the Word of God and obeying the Word of God. Let me say that again. Be consistent and timely. Again, timely goes back to procrastination. And you've got to be consistent and timely in hearing the Word of God and obeying the Word of God. Right? That means you need to be coming to church consistently. Right? What is church? Church is called family life class. We're right now. Church is called Sunday morning service. Church is called Wednesday night service. Churches called Men of Integrity Fellowships, Women of Covenant Fellowships, Next Gen Fellowships. Churches actually called Saturday Morning Corporate Prayer. That's all church. Be consistent and timely in, the, in coming. Don't miss. Because when you miss, guess who you just missed? God. God is speaking to you in those services. That's the time when you receive your counsel from God. So be consistent. Come. Right? And when you come, when you hear the Word of God, obey it. Obey what God is saying. And obey God in a timely fashion. Don't procrastinate. When God says for you to do something, do it. And I I, I remember this example, going back to the unmarried folks. I remember Minister Stinson 
<clears throat> and again, I'm trying to remember what service it was. I think it was family life class. But she talked about how those that were unmarried <clears throat> and they were in a dating or courting phase, take a, take a fast. I think it was a fast she used. But in other words, a fast from each other for a period of time. And I like how she gave, you know, again, I'm saying she, but how God spoke to her about depending where your relationship was, depending on how long the period of fast should be. So that means you got into things you shouldn't have got into. You got a longer fast you need to take, it, take, uh, take on. But if you just begin, anyway, she was very clear. God gave very specific instructions about what we should do. Right? And then here's the question. Did you do it? Or did you procrastinate? And then you look now, later on, that time has passed, and then you wonder how come the relationship that you're in now has not progressed or is no longer that relationship. It's because you never obeyed God. See, and that's what I mean about being consistent in hearing and timely in obeying when you hear from God. You should immediately did that. And here's the thing, right? Because and I'm just using that for an example. If you are dating someone that says, well, well, that wasn't, I'm just using it for example, that wasn't God. Well, that's them. Remember I said before, I'm, compl- I'm whole in Christ. You're not my husband. You're not my wife. Whether you agree with it or not, I heard from God. So I'm finna fast from you. I'll catch you in three months or whatever the time frame was. Cut off all communication. But I don't think that's right. Do you think I care what you think? I heard from God. See, that's what I mean about, see, check your mentality. When I hear this question about actions and being unmarried, check where your mentality is. Stop treating the person you are dating as, their, as your husband and wife. They are not. You got to have the care who went back to 1 Corinthians 7. Your care should be for the Lord, God. Right? And so that's the thing about being timely, being consistent, hearing the word of God, and then listen to those in authority. Now, we've mentioned Ruth and Boaz. Let's go to Ruth. Because, you know, this is the thing that, that every time we have these premarital classes, it, what ceases to amaze me is that, you know, I, I hear many of these unmarried people say, oh, I want counsel. We need counsel. And then as soon as counsel comes, guess what they say? Oh, that wasn't for me. My, my situation is different. And that's from other folks, right? Because I, I, for me, I got plans. I already got the wedding scheduled. I, it's amazing how we get into this situation. In other words, when you hear counsel, obey it. I like how Minister Martin said, he used a better word, take it. Yeah. You know, you know how to take something? Own it, right? That's part of obedience. So when the counsel comes in these, in these premarital class, take it. And take it when? Immediately apply it. Now look at this in, in Ruth chapter 3, because, you know, everybody talking about, you know, for uh, women, so they're looking for their Boaz, but my thing is, are you Ruth? And my, my point is this, right? When I talk about are you Ruth, are you listening to your counsel? And not only listening to your counsel, are you taking the counsel of those that are giving you instruction from those that are in authority in your life? Every single person needs to have someone that they are accountable to for authority. And God has set it up like that. God, there's no long ranges in the kingdom of God. Everyone, all of us is under authority. If you didn't realize, you better recognize who your authority is. And we understand the ultimate authority is God, but he has already set in place for you authority to speak to your life. And when he speaks to when that authority, individual speaks to your life, take that counsel. And that's what Ruth understood who authority was in her life. Ruth chapter 3, look at this in verse 1. 
It says, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, and I'm going to stop right there. Ruth authority was her mother-in-law, not her mama. Her mother-in-law. Now, you know, we don't want to go here, right? A lot of married, uh, a lot of married women in this, in, this, you know, in this state, right? Do you look at your mother-in-law as your authority? Well, Ruth did. Her mother-in-law. And look at how her mother-in-law dressed her daughter-in-law. She said, my daughter. She didn't say my daughter-in-law. My daughter. That is an amazing relationship they had. See, Ruth, that's what I'm looking for Boaz. You need to look for Ruth. The attitude Ruth had towards authority is impeccable. So she said, then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, my daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz, our kindred, with whose maidens thou wast. Behold, he went with barley tonight in a threshing floor. Wash thyself, therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor, but make not thyself known unto the man, until he shall have done eating and drinking. And it shall be when he lieth down, that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and shall go in, and uncover his feet, and lay <clears throat> thee down. And he will tell thee what thou shalt do. And she said unto her, this is Ruth said unto Naomi, all that thou sayest unto me, I will do. Now, if we just had verse 5, I'm like, that's powerful. But then we have verse 6. And this is what I think is the gap between a lot of unmarried folks, between 5, because people hear the count and say, oh, all you said I'm going to do. But then verse 6 came. And she went down unto the floor and did, according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. She actually did what was said. Can you believe that? Actually apply, because I'm going to take these marital, premarital counsel. I hear you. I hear the voice. I hear the counsel. I hear you say, yeah, I'm going to do all that. And then, then the fruit in the relationship, you ain't doing none of that. You're still doing what you want to do in your relationship. See, this question was, right, what are the things I can do now? The actions I can do now. Here's the actions, right? Take the counsel of your authority and do it. If you're in your parents' house, guess who your authority is then? It's called daddy and mama. Take their counsel. Do it. And you notice here in verse 5 and 6 that, that, that uh, Ruth asked Naomi anything? Why well, can't you just clarify? Now, what time when he lay down? Do I need to wait till he sleep? Do I need, see? Because you already got your plans, right? It's amazing to me how all of a sudden we're not clear about the instructions because something else we want to do. Just do what the instructions told you to do. She said, "I'm gonna do it all," and she went and did it. She did it. And then uh, Boaz recognized the kind of woman this is she was. What kind of woman was she? A woman under authority? I'm saying there's nothing like a man recognize a woman that's under authority. You come about you want to be attractive to somebody, let a man see you under authority, under the counsel of God. That's a strong attraction. They're going to they want to get with him like, well, I, I, this is the one here. This is the one that I'm not going to get to the altar. I'm going to be married for the rest of my days. It's more than a wedding ceremony. I'm talking about this woman I want to be with for the rest of my life. 
a woman that's under authority. And so when I hear these questions, hear these comments, you know, that's the thing that, that brings you know, into my heart and want to make sure we're very clear about. And you heard these ministers mention that, submission and obedience. We talked about this for months in this pre-medal class. And we still talk about on Wednesday nights. Connect these dots, right? Don't get up under authority. But the practical things I said before about organize your life, don't be lazy, be consistent, timely, hearing the Word of God, and obeying it. Amen? Amen. That's on point. And I keep hearing the same thing. I, I, I don't know about you, but I keep hearing the same things over and over again. And I hear about submitting yourself to authority. God has placed you under authority. And obey. I heard you mention it, Minister Stinson, about it sets you, yourself up for the future. Because yes. you don't know what's coming. You don't know if there's a Boaz coming around. But what I find is, is and here's, here's one thing that I, it was in my heart. And sometimes you just have to forgive me because sometimes I say things I don't say it as, you know, I want to be better at this. But uh, I hear grow up. You know, grow up. It sounds so kind of harsh to say that, and 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 hear me when I say this, okay? I'm not just talking about those who are young in age. I'm talking about some older folk, okay? Uh, they say age ain't nothing but a number. You can still be old and need to grow up, uh, because marriage is for the mature. And what happens is, and this is kind of goes back to what we're trying to do with this question is, you know, stay focused on God. Don't be focused on getting married because this is, this is where it becomes a distraction. You become so focused on getting married, your anxiety gets the best of you, and you forego the maturation process. You're like, this is taking too long. <laughs> you know, here, I've, I've been waiting on God, I've been doing everything, but, but I no one's found me yet. Or I haven't found anyone yet. Or no one's liked me to that point. And so what you want to do is you, you want to kind of forego that. And, and so... <laughs> Turn to Hebrews chapter 5. I'm, I'm, Hebrews chapter 5. There's so many scriptures I'd like to go to. We don't have the time to do it. But Hebrews chapter 5. Verse number 11 and 12. Uh, the writer of Hebrews is trying to go into some things. That he says, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. For when the time ye ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. He's not just talking about young people. He's talking about people who've been in the church for a while. And I laugh because uh, last night I actually watched some what's happening. Y'all know what's happening. And this one episode, uh, Rerun was messing with this girl, and, and he told her his name was uh, Rerun. So she asked Dwayne, why did they call him Rerun? And Dwayne said, because every summer, he's taking the things he took in the winter. <laughs> Some of us are reruns in the church and can't figure out why it's not working out. It's because you have foregone the maturation process. You need to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and let him exalt you in due season. That's what I, I see was done in Ruth. Ruth wasn't looking to be married. She, was, she said, hey, your God will be my God, your people will be my people. And she took that counsel. She stayed under that counsel. She respected. Here's another thing that I find among those that are not mature. They never do fully appreciate their godly parents. And you can be old and still never fully appreciate your godly parents. The rebellious children are those who are immature. Because they have godly parents there, but they rebelled, and they haven't, they haven't yet connected the dots. One day, 
with prayer and consistently being bombarded with the Word of God as you ought to, one day maybe the light will go off. But don't worry about them rebelling, rebelling right now. They're, they're just immature. And I don't care how old they are. Now, again, when it comes to Ruth and Boaz, I, I find God orchestrating these things. But as long as you don't submit yourself under His authority, as long as you let your anxiety get the best of you, you won't be in a position where He can mature you and make you that Ruth or make you that Boaz or connect you with somebody that's a Ruth or a Boaz, depending on who you are. What you have to do is you have to trust God Trust the process. He knows what's coming. He knows what's around the corner. He knows what you need to do. And here's another thing I, I want to say, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, 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 I, just with the time, I'm kind of getting rushed in my own mind. But here's the other thing I, I want to make sure that you understand. Your parents are so critical. If your parents are still with us, your parents are so critical because they know you. They know what things you need to mature in. And if you have godly parents, they'll be honest with you. They'll do it in love. It may not feel like it when they tell you the truth, but that's the truth that you need. You know, because in all honesty, uh, you know, we can go all over all the scriptures and, and, and over all the messages we ever heard. One of those messages do apply to you and one more particularly than any other. And your parents will be able to tell you, right, yeah, you've got a forgiveness issue. Oh, no, yeah, you've got a respect for authority issue. Uh, they'll tell you straight up and because you know well, every man in his own eyes oh I'm good I'm good but you need those counselors in your life who will look you in the eye and tell you the truth and you've got to respect them for that because that's why God has them in your life he wants you to grow up he wants you to mature amen and when you say grow up minister I just am mindful again like I said for time's sake but when it comes to growing up to, you know, to Ruth and, and, and Naomi, where was Ruth Pierce? In other words, when Naomi said what she said to her, Ruth didn't go and talk to her girlfriend and said, well, this is what my mother-in-law said. And, and they're like, girl, I wouldn't do that. I mean, it's amazing to me, right? Is she, like Minister Martin, she respected the authority in her life and didn't seek other counsel that's going to agree with her, her flesh, right, and what she wanted to do. And for a lot, like I said, of unmarried people, they like to hang around those that are like they are in their minds and take their counsel, right? And, and refuse or reject the counsel from those in authority, right? So that means you need to be accountable to even the, your friends. What I mean by accountable to your friends, let them know where you stand, right? And I would stop watching what everybody else is doing. I think Minister Spencer mentioned that, you know, you're looking at everybody's, you know, their mind. Everybody getting married. My, now my clock is, whatever it is, you know, the enemy will play with your mind about yourself and your timing. But hey, everything's beautiful in God's time. I thought, I thought that's what the word says. It's God's timing. Right? So in other words, be careful about who you hang with. Now your associations are so important. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Your associations. There's some associations that you need to not be around in order to make sure you hear properly from God. Right? The authority. Right? Because them associations, a lot of them, they are jealous. You know, a lot of them wish they had what you had. And a lot of them, like, hey, what they said, misery loves company. <laughs> They're like, yeah, get up in this. Yeah, you, you know, come on the marriage. They're like, I'm, I'm just, you know, on the outside, we look good. All the social, you know, sites, I'm looking good. But, hey, marriage is something else behind closed doors. Right? Outside of the computer. Right? So, again, these things are so important to understand as well as your associations. Right? Stay close to those in spiritual authority. Stay close, right? Put yourself under, submit yourself under that, that authority.
right, and obey them, right? Stop receiving counsel from your peers. They can't show you nothing when it comes to this. Your marriage, I'm telling you, that that's a problem that you have, many of them. Right, anything else, uh all right, so again, we, we again we appreciate this Q and A time. You can tell we all fired up about these things. We, hey, it's nothing like questions and then answers. Again, like I said, we want to give you the counsel, right? But you the one that's gotta take it, right? Let it go down. Like I always think about my my parents when you know you say your stomach hurt and they give you that casserole. Like man, I hate I even said my stomach hurt because I I gotta take that. And my my dad like, oh you gonna <laughs> hey don't anyway don't play it like you ain't gonna swallow it because you gonna get a whole bottle anyway. So you just got to take it. And in the time, you understand that it's, it's good for the belly and it, it'll, you know, it'll do its, its, its medicine is good. You know, trust the process. This is part of the process. Take the counsel. Amen. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net. 